Welcome guys to another episode of ARWP, the All Real Wrestling Podcast. Today, we have a special guest, War King, and we're going to learn more about him and the independent scene very, very soon. Hope you guys enjoy it. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? We're chilling, man. We're ready. We're ready to hear your story. We're ready to hear how you started to be a wrestler, and we're ready to hear what's coming up for you in the future. Are you ready? Oh, yes, man. I'm all excited, man. I'm just happy to be here. All right, awesome. Like I said, my awesome co-host Jason Smith wrote out these amazing questions. Sadly, he isn't here with us today, but he he is proud of these questions, so we're ready to tell them. All right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so question number one, let's start off with the easiest one. When did you start wrestling? What was your first match? And what was the idea of even becoming a wrestler for you? All right, man. um, So I started training in... um, December of 2015. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trained in. Uh, I was actually trained in a bar. <laughs> in, in a bar. With in a bar. Yeah, in a bar, man. Like there was a ring, and then like luckily there wasn't nobody in the bar that night. Oh, okay. To, yeah, so luckily there was nobody there. But uh, the story behind me becoming a wrestler, man. I, I've been a fan of this like my whole life, like since I was like five. Like I, people actually look at me weird when I say this, but. You know how some people, when they say, uh, you know, they watch Ric Flair on TV and they watch this guy or they was a fan of Shawn Michaels. The guy who got me hooked on pro wrestling, believe it or not, was Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock. Okay. I I love that. I love that because he's on my favorite company right now. He's wrestling for Impact Wrestling. So I love that. Ken Shamrock. Man. Like, I I was just, you know, I was living in uh, Fort Benning, Georgia, you know, uh, because I'm a military brat. And, and, you know, me and my dad was just flipping through the channels. By the way, I did grow up during the Monday Night Wars era. So, you know. All right. Yeah, all I grew, right, I grew up right. during that era. So, we was, we was flipping back and forth. And, you know, I'm five years old. I'm just sitting there. And I see Ken Shamrock. And he's, I think he was fighting, like, Vincent or somebody like that. God bless the dead. And he was just, it was after the match. And he just snapped. Like, he was just suplexing all the referees. And he just held his ankle for so long. And I was just like. This guy is crazy, but I like him. <laughs> so I wanted to see him every single week. But, you know, so, um, yeah, I've been a fan of it since I was, like, five years old, pretty much my whole life. And uh, I was still living with my parents at the time. And my dad, you know, this was right when the network had just came out. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so I, I kind of subscribed to that, and I was watching it all the time. And was on the way to work, and my dad was telling me, he was like, you know, I think you really want to be a pro wrestler. I was like, what makes you think that? He was like, well, because he was like, well, I mean, you know, you got the games, you know, you had all the action figures growing up. Mm-hmm. You constantly watch it. You know, us, we just watch it on Mondays, but you're like always watching. <laughs> I think because like, I think that's something that you want to do. And, you know, I think you should go for it. You know, like if you make it, hey, kudos to you. If you yeah. don't make it, at least you tried, you know. So I was like, and I was just sitting in my mind. I was like, well. Maybe I should go for it. So I was like, well, I need to put on a little more size, you know, because all the little guys are huge. You know, I was was like 140 pounds (laughs) at the time. So, Hey, man, nothing wrong with that. I just went for it. And then as far as my first match goes, so like, let's see, I trained in December. I had my first match, like, I want to say early March. I forget the date. It's fine. I'm not going to bite your head off for that. (laughs) So, So please forgive me. I forget the date, but I do know it was like sometime in March of 2016. And I was working security at the time because that's what we had to do. Mm-hmm. We had to work security for the events. So I guess my trainer, the promoter, he was short on guys. And I guess he thought I was further along in my training that I could Oof. just have a match. So <laughs> I'm driving. So I get off work and I'm driving straight to the venue. And he's, he like texts me. He's like, hey, um, just to let you know, we're short on guys and you're going to have your first match tonight. My heart is pounding because I still don't know what I'm doing. I didn't have any gear or anything, so I'm just sitting there nervous. I'm shaking while I'm driving. I'm hoping I don't wreck on the way there. <laughs> he's like, yeah. He's, he's like, yeah, you're working me, and I'm going to go over on you. And I was like, all right, fine. You know, so we get out there, and, you know, at the time, my name was Lance B. Washington because I can't come up with a name on the spot like that. Like, you know, Every, everyone's got that everyone's got yeah. that first name it's not just you <laughs> <laughs> he, told me, he just gave me a generic name and uh 
he tried to rib me and say uh, I was from the UK, but I told him I was from Florida. <laughs> I was just this, I, I was just this arrogant heel, you know. I didn't know what I was doing, you know. And and actually, you know, the match was okay, you know. Uh, you know, like I said, it was my first match, so you know, uh, it was okay. And I actually went over on him. Mm-hmm. I was shocked because, like, you know, I hit him with a simple clothesline, and I go for the pin, and the ref goes one, two. And then I guess he counts to three, and then we're looking at each other like, was that supposed to happen? And my trainer, he's sitting on the ground. He's landing. He's like, yeah. So, next thing you know, he was like, he was like, well, here's your win. I was like, yeah, I told y'all. My so man was mad confused. My man was like, yeah, I guess, yeah. Yeah, we was like, because, you know, defend, because, like, you know, um, if, like, when you're in the business, you know, and I know a lot of wrestlers can attest to this, you know, we have, they have meetings, and, like, they let us know, like, the matches and the minutes and who's supposed to go over. Mm-hmm. And we had a meeting, and my trainer was, like, the whole time saying he was going to go over, so I was expecting him to go over. Awesome, but, man. You know, hey, man. That worked he, out for you. He takes minutes on the fly, man. <laughs> it worked out yeah, for you at the end. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. All right, so, you know, tell us the transition. You know, tell us about how working was created. There's so much into that character that I'm in love with. I love, you know, they got the, the Buddy Murphy shorts. Uh, do you do you watch like WWE and all that right now? Yeah, you got those yeah, Buddy yeah. Murphy shirts. You got the face paint. You got the whole you know military base look. I like that. Tell me more about because yeah. I I've never seen a created character like that. Like that's something that you'd see on Two K. So tell me how yeah. that was like created. How the idea? Um, actually, man, like I've I've been wanting to do a character like that since I first broke into the business. You know, um, because like I said, I grew up in the military. My dad's, you know, he did twenty six years in the United States Army, and I did all four years in the of a junior ROTC, Army J Junior ROTC in high school. Then I did a little bit in college, so I kind of have a military background, but not really a real military background. So I kind of know what goes on, and uh, you know, I'm wrestling for diamond championship wrestling right now and uh but like last year it was around memorial day weekend and i had this lady make me some camo pants mm-hmm. the black tights with the camo on the side with the lb on it and i was like hmm so then i i had my dad's army jacket with you know with our last name on it and i just wore that and then i went to the army surplus store and i just bought the little war paint that they had and i just threw that on first mm-hmm. And I just had my dad's dog tags and stuff like that. And I was really, really the war king. He was going to be like, uh, kind of like how Finn Balor has the demon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that war king was going to be like that towards me, you know. But then, like, uh, everybody liked the gimmick so much. Yeah, that's the problem. But he was like, man, he was like, man, you should really, you know, you should really run with that, man. Because you do the salute. You do, you, sh- you should really run with that. Yeah. So then I just started, I was like, and then I just started looking throughout the Indies, and I'm like, well, you know, everybody got masks and stuff like that, but nobody's really painting their face. So I was like, yeah, you know, I like the face paint. I've always been a fan of face paint, you know, since Ultimate Warrior and Road Warrior Hawk and Sting and stuff like that. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and do the face paint and stuff. And as far as the, the, uh, the shorts came about. I actually had some uh, camo shorts, and I had my mother-in-law cut them up for me, like Birdie Murphy, until I got my gear maker to make some shorts like that for me. All right. And I kind of, I, I always dug that look because I was like, you know, ain't too many people on the Indies doing that too. There isn't. You know, it's like so. Well, I, I mean, I seen one other guy doing it, but he doesn't have the, the actual camo. So I try to use majority of his style, but then try to add my stuff to it. Mm-hmm. No, I love it, and I think and I think you're 100 right about it. You know, it's the point where if Finn Balor didn't do Demon, no one would like complain at him. Like everyone right now who's watching Finn Balor on NXT, they're like, "Why didn't we get Demon? Where's the Demon?" You know, there's so much complaints right now. It's a good thing that you didn't follow that because that's where a lot of you know criticism comes. That's when they don't really want you, and they want someone else. That's what really hurts the self esteem. So it's a good thing that you kept yourself as working. Yeah, man. I love it, man. I actually been struggling with a name. <laughs> I don't know how you can. That's an awesome name. That must have, that must have came up like on the spot right there. It, it, it kind of did, man. Um, I had a buddy, and uh, I asked him online. He's a former wrestler himself, and uh, he's got like more years on me. And we talk on Facebook all the time. And I sent the picture of me and my camel, and I was like, man, I need I need a name. I kind of want to have like a military based name or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he came up with War Dog. I was going to go with Blackhawk, but I was like, no, nah, that's too close to Royal Warrior. So he was like, let's try War Dog. So I tried to do War Dog. I didn't really get established because right when I was going to do it, another guy on the roster 
uh, changed his whole look and he started wearing the baggy shorts and he started calling himself Moon Dog. And I was like, great. Now I got to come up with a name. And I was like, well, I'm already kind of, you know, going as King LB. And then I got the military, you know, you think war with the war paint. So I was like, let's just do War King and see how that goes. Mm -hmm. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are, man. Hey, man, it, it all came to be. You know, it all came into one place. Yeah. All right. Tell me, like you said, you're a fan of wrestling, and you, you made that really clear. You know, going to your Instagram, going to a lot of your matches, we see, you know, you take a lot of Undertaker moves. You took the right, the run, running around the ropes move from Taker. We see the Eddie Guerrero no, gear. I, I remember I commented when I saw that post. I was like, that's some sick gear. Tell me how all that came to be, because that's all. You look at that as a fan. As a fan, you look at all that. Tell me how that all came to be. As far as um, the Eddie Guerrero tights go, um, originally, man, I was actually trying to do something like when I was going as King LB as my regular generic self, I was trying to get something where the um, Harlem Heat Booker T tights along with the split Eddie Guerrero tights. And then the guy who does my gear, you know, he's out in Mexico. And then he was like, yeah, I could do something. And he showed me the design. And I was like, yeah, I like that because it had a little bit of the red in there. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, we'll do that. And that actually got over those tights because not too like, once again, not too many people on the Indies are doing that. You know, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And then as far as me doing old school, I just started doing that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, let's, you know, because uh, like, I honestly, man, I, I can't springboard. So like, <laughs> I can't springboard. Nah, you don't have to. And, I can't, and I can't springboard. So I was like, you know, and um, so... Yeah, and it also goes back to um, my trainer when I first started training, and I asked him. He asked me what did I want to learn, and I was like, uh, he was like, man, I wish I was you know agile like the Undertaker. Man, I would love to do. Um, I would love to learn how to do old school because like he was my favorite wrestler of all time. Mm -hmm. And my trainer goes, I bet you twenty dollars you can do old school. Me not knowing how this stuff works, you know, I was like, I didn't bet him, but I was like. I mean, I'm not going to bet you, but if you could show me how to do old school, I would do it. So then I grabbed his arm, and then I walked to the ropes, and then I did it. I was like, oh, I really did old school. I'm the Undertaker like, now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, he was like, yeah, dude, I was, just remember, man, pro wrestling is a dance. It always takes two people to tango. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So then I started doing it recently, and it got over because everybody expects me to do it sometimes. Mm. Even my even my uh, sister's younger brother Who's uh who's in the Marine Corps? He came to one of my matches one night, and he uh asked her. He was like, "Hey, is LB gonna hit old school tonight? <laughs> I don't know. We gotta see." That's and then awesome. I did it. You know, I, I did it because the crowd was so hot, and I was like, "Yep, we're going up." That's awesome. I gotta ask. You know, I'm not trying to break kayfabe, but when you do something like that, the other person is holding you up, right? That's what it is, right? It's yeah. more yes. when you do that move, it's like you're balancing, but you really have to focus on the other person who's basically holding you. That's yeah, awesome. That's it's, balance. it's all about balance, man. And uh, like I said, like, like my trainer told me, always take two to tango, man. Who's your trainer? Yeah, uh, who's my trainer? My trainer, his name is uh, Chris Black. He's based out of uh, Kill, Mississippi, if or Bay St. Louis area. Um he runs a promotion called Southern Championship Wrestling. Mm -hmm. uh, we're kind of not on the best of terms right now because how I left his promotion, which I feel like I didn't leave in a bad way. I left that promotion because I felt like I wasn't learning anything as far as, like, the business goes. I wasn't learning how to get bookings. I wasn't learning how to be a character. I wasn't learning how to cut promos, you know, anything yeah. to make it out. To succeed in this business, I wasn't teaching. He wasn't teaching me. The only thing he was really teaching me was the fundamentals, which would get me only so far, but not far enough. Because yeah. a lot of people fundamentals, you know what I mean? So I left that promotion, and I went to a promotion in Louisiana, uh, in the New Orleans area, called uh, Elevate Pro. Mm -hmm. They actually taught me how to, you know, how to get bookings and how to be a gimmick and how to, you know, how to cut promos and stuff like that. And then I left that promotion, and I'm currently with Diamond Championship Wrestling. I've been getting other bookings elsewhere as well, but I've been with Diamond Championship Wrestling for about a good two years now. Yeah, but see, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, in independent right. scene, that's what it is. That's what it, like, I follow the independent scene more than wrestling-based companies. I notice the independent scene very clearly, and that's how it is. You can't stay in one school or company. You'll never be named or known like that. The more you right. travel, the more bookings you get. That's the way you get booked to these big companies. That's the way people like big people see you. So I don't know. I think you did the right thing. I think that you should always yeah. be jumping around. 
I gotta ask. Speaking of schools, FSW. Have you ever have you ever seen FSW's work? FSW. Future stars of wrestling. Uh, it sounds familiar, man, but I'm not really too keen or not really heard of, like, some of these promotions, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's a school in Vegas where literally I feel like it's probably the hottest spot right now in, in the independent scene for wrestling. It's, um, who runs that? I don't know who runs it, but I can tell you who's a part of it. Chris Bay was a part of it for a while. You got okay. Killer Cross was a part of it for a very long time. Okay, so, uh, uh... Uh, what's his name? I think his name like Sinbody or something. Sinbody, like Sinbody, yeah. Sinbody, yeah. Sinbody, yeah. I think that's his school. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I'm familiar. I just never knew the name, but I knew there was a big school out in Vegas. Yeah, that's that's the one. I feel like, like as a as an interviewer who's heard so many stories, that's really the place where I feel like people do make it. Like it, soon, that place won't even be a school; it'll be its own company one day. Like it's crazy how many people are just getting known from that. It's crazy. Yeah, that and uh, Booker T School, uh, uh, Reality of Wrestling. Yeah, that one too. Yeah. Yeah, man. Have you have you considered any any of those like for future? Uh, as far as getting bookings, there I have, but I'm kind of like slowly but surely starting to promote myself and reach out and stuff like that, you know, because I haven't really been traveling that much. I want to get used to the traveling first mm-hmm. and then try to, because it's it's a lot of guys that's trying to get out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, they probably and some of these promotions probably won't even like my gimmick because you know they may have somebody already wearing a camo or something like that. You know what I mean? I have so. not seen anybody hit that gimmick, so I'm telling you right now, like I've never seen anybody hit that gimmick right now. I've been like, like watching, and I don't think I've seen anyone hit that gimmick. So you should not worry about that one. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, once everything gets up and running, because I did have, I did have a promoter randomly re- uh, hit me up the other day and told me to just put my like put give him give him my information and then once everything is all over with when this pandemic is over with, he may hit me up so i'm hoping that hey man that's 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 great that's awesome so you know yeah. you talked about your dad called you up one day and was like yo you want to be a wrestler just just go do it what else inspired you the most because obviously your dad basically got you to this vision to this point is there anything else that inspired you the most to become a wrestler um, I think that would that would be it, man. I mean, it it was always in the back of my mind, but it was never something that I always wanted to do with my life. Cause when you know, like my life, I I want to be like my dad so much to where I was going to join the military myself. Mm-hmm. And then when I did college ROTC, I figured out that the military life wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. So I salute everyone who's in you know who serves for our armed forces, but you know that just wasn't for me. It's great though uh, that your dad, you know. <laughs> saw that because a lot of parents are not supportive and it's great that you had support of dad who's like i don't want to follow your lead and he's like you shouldn't you should be a wrestler and it's like you know in my opinion it's the craziest thing a lot of parents like just being like go be a wrestler that's like a 50 50 shot you know you're giving up a lot to do that that takes everything you know yeah. all your time all your energy <laughs> so speaking of you know time and energy you know you started wrestling you said 2015 that's when you started training you know you started you started being more in the business around 2016 what 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 you know were the biggest challenges throughout that to now? What biggest accomplishments? We know you held tag team gold. So just tell us like what was the highest of your point and what was the lowest of your point? Oh man, uh, <laughs> I told you it was going to be hard. <laughs> it ain't too hard, man. Because I'm just reflecting back on my career because I've only been doing this for a short amount of time. Um, I guess we can talk about my time at SCW, man, and Southern Championship Wrestling, because that was kind of like a high, and then it was a low, because, you know, I wrestled, like, every weekend, mm-hmm. so that took away my weekends, you know, I wrestled, like, every weekend, and I won every single title they had there, you know, I was their heavyweight champion, but I wasn't in the main event, I wasn't closing out the show or anything, which I didn't deserve to close out the show, because I didn't know what I was doing, Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, me winning the, their top title would be kind of my highest. No, no, I take that back. Actually, my highest point in wrestling is actually going to Elevate Pro and actually meeting some high-profile names like Matt Cross. I did his seminar. You did Matt Cross' seminar? Really? Yeah, yeah, I did his seminar. It was it was something else, man. Wow. <laughs> yeah, he's a real chill guy. Uh, I did Chris Silvio's seminar, if you're familiar with him. he's uh, Chris Sabian? Chris Silvio. Silvio, okay. Yeah, he's uh, 
he's kind of traveled a little bit. You know, he's been around for like almost 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he was trained by Rip Rogers, who's a very infamous, infamous trainer out of uh, OBW. Mm-hmm. So he comes from that area. He's from Florida, but he comes from out of that area and stuff like that. Did his seminar. I did uh, John Cruz's seminar. And uh, Brutal Bob Evans from Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. I did that Tough Guy seminar. That's when I actually learned a lot. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I actually learned a lot from him because, um, you know, out of all the students at Elevate Pro, he wanted to have a practice match with me. I don't know why. <laughs> you saw he saw something in you. He must have. He, he, he was like, okay, you know, because it was a two-day event. And he was like, all right, big guy, since we didn't get the – since you didn't get to do a practice match today, I, me and you will go tomorrow. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> I don't want to, but okay, all right. So we, you know, we do all the drills and stuff, and then we do the match. And the main thing I learned from him, it's the biggest thing I learned from him, and I still use it to this day, is timing. Mm-hmm. Timing and being patient because I was so fast trying to, so used to trying to hurry up and get to the next spot, the next spot, the next spot, instead of just working the match and letting it, you know, register with the fans, you know. So I kind of learned a little bit of psychology from him. Yeah, I hear, the, I hear you. I hear you. That would be the highest point for me. The lowest point would be staying at SEW, learning about all the negative stuff about the business mm-hmm. that you hear about. You know, guys doing drugs or getting drunk before the shows, guys not caring. Oh, like, my God. Yeah, I was the only guy that was actually in shape. Everybody else was, like, fat and sloppy and missing teeth and all of that stuff and wrestling for free and wrestling in front of, like, 10 to 20 people, you know, every single week, and it was just – doing the same old thing and it was just horrible i hear you man i hear you well look that's that's the part of the business you know it's good to tell these stories because now you know you made it when you when you leave that behind that's when you know i'm i'm going the right path i'm going to a a lighter path all right they would be there for like 10 years (laughs) and you're moving you're moving to bigger better things yeah, man. So, like you said, you don't do springboard, so that that goes to styles. You know, what would you say is your style of wrestling? You know, technician, aerial, uh, strong. You know, uh, powerhouse. What would be your style of wrestling if you had to describe it? Uh, I would say I'm more of a hybrid style. Mm-hmm. You you know, more can, yeah, because I can kind of do some power moves. I can kind of do some athletic moves, and I can do a little bit of uh, technician stuff. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I just I just like the you know, just work a match and just feel for the crowd, you know, because, you know, you have some guys, and I've actually witnessed this at another show, man. Um, these guys, like, it was a guy, uh, they was in a triple threat match. They literally talked about every single thing they was going to do until it was time for them to go out there. And I was Ooh. like, man, I couldn't do it because I would forget stuff. So yeah. they're trying to remember everything. I was like, I couldn't do it, man. I pre- I don't perform well when, when I'm working with a guy like that. Yeah, because it's I like they want a specific way. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just, the only thing, like, honestly, man, like, I mean, you know, K-Fabe's already broken, but me, uh, I just like to plan the opening, the double down, and the finish. Mm-hmm. That's it. I don't, you know, anything else, I just like to feel for the crowd. That's how you're supposed to do it. Yeah, that is, because in the business, they don't rehearse every move. They only rehearse the finish and the start. That's literally all they do. Mm-hmm. All right, so, you know, talk about the future. Let's hear, you know, some of your dream matches. You know, you're a wrestling fan. You talk about it. Give me five wrestlers that are, I'm going to say, alive and that don't have to necessarily be a part of one company. It could be a part of any company you'd like. Just five guys that you're like, put me in a ring with him. You're going to have an, an awesome main event. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that's the first. Um, <laughs> I would love to go against Finn Balor. All right. Which one, demon or regular? Anyone. Okay. <laughs> Anyone. Uh, I would love to go against Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega, I like Kenny. Right. Yeah, I would like to go against him. Um, I would like to go against one of my wrestling idols, which would be Booker T. I know he's, Booker like, a lot bigger than me, but, you know, like, I would love to go against him. You know, the battle of the scissor kick. <laughs> yeah, man, that'd, that'd be pretty dope. Um, I might say, who else I really like, man? Um, Sammy Guevara, I would like to go against him. Have you ever faced him, or not yet? Nah, man, he's a, uh, you know, he's based out in Texas and stuff, and then he's with AEW now, so I never really crossed paths with him. Got you. 
Yeah. Um, you got one more. <laughs> one more. One more. Let me, let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Because I'm kind of trying to stay within my size. You know, Just so do Ken Shemrock and let it all be over. <laughs> yeah, we, we can do that too. <laughs> yeah, me, me and uh, Ken Shemrock. You know, yeah, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> oh, I'm going to throw in another one, man. I'm going to throw in another one for you, man. Um, Tama Tonga from New Tama Japan. Tama Tonga. All right. I like yeah. that. I really like that. He's one of the most yeah. overlooked guys outside of, you know, the rest he's of the world. He's one of my favorites, man. Uh, you know, other than him doing the face paint, I like. I love his face painting. I love his style. Mm-hmm. You know, I love, I love the swagger he brings. And I was like, that's why I'm a fan of his. Like, he got sick gear. I love his braggadocious swagger style. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's like a cool heel. You know, I was like, yeah. All right. So, yeah, I like I like him. I those are awesome. Those are some awesome picks. I look forward to seeing all those happen because I'm pretty sure they will. Pretty big town. Booker T. We'll see about that. If he's still wrestling, yeah. we'll see. But, but, but you, know, I see yeah, you know he's a. Uh, <laughs> you know he he'll look up there in the age. You know, so I don't think that he's he's in and out. He's in and out. You know, if he wants to come out, hit a hit a little. You know. <laughs> Swing a Rooney and then leave, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, I'll take a squash match from him. <laughs> <laughs> it took a two-minute two knockout. Uh, oh, yeah. All right, another, you know, question that's similar to this is venues now. You say you don't travel much. Let's say you could travel wherever you want. Five places you'd like to travel. And it'd be cool if you give us the venues. If you can't, that's fine. But uh, places. Uh, Japan, of course. Japan Dome? Yeah, yeah. Hey, anywhere in Japan. Anywhere uh, in Japan. Yeah. Um, I would love to go to what I call the Holy Grail of Wrestling. Uh, anywhere in North Carolina, especially mm-hmm. Greensboro, because that's a legendary place. Uh, Madison Square Garden, of course. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. Got two more. <laughs> Am I saying anything to me? You know, I would love to. I would love to go out there in Vegas. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to really think of all the legendary buildings, you know. Uh, so I guess we can go anywhere in California. Pretty much, pretty much. That's a lot of legendary buildings there. I mean, you basically said every area that's actually the most talking about, like you know, Carolina, MSG, Vegas, and Japan. Those are like those are the. You know, biggest places in my opinion. I mean, Texas too, like like uh, San Antonio. Oh, yeah, yeah, Texas is a hotbed, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Over there, yeah, man. I wish they, man. I wish they wouldn't have tore down the Sportatorium because I would love to perform there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would love to perform there, man. Uh, I think, I think, I think every wrestler would love to perform there at the uh, old Sportatorium. You know? No, yeah, I hear you. All right, let's get to to a different side of you know what we're talking about. Let's talk about you as a tag team partner, since you are a part of a tag team. How do you feel about that? Do you see your future as a singles wrestler, or do you feel like you'll move on to tag team wrestling? Uh, I mean, I would prefer to go singles. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I would prefer to go singles, but um, you know, because tag team wrestling is kind of dead these days. I would love to be a success as a tag team. That's how I feel about it. I love tag team. It's my favorite thing. And I hope there'll be more tag teams, you know, in the future to keep it still moving. Because everybody, um, everybody, you know, I get it. Everybody wants to be a single star, you know, like that. But sometimes you may find your niche in tag team wrestling, you know? Yeah. (laughs) What can you do? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, it just works out that way, you know? Yep. And I also wish, uh, you know, I know Chris Jericho brought this up uh, not too long ago, but he said that the art of being a manager is, is kind of dead, too, these a, days. A lot of things are dead, you know. It's basically <laughs> big guys paying off for company. It's like what Tony Hahn and Vince McMahon are doing right now, you know. Just big guys with money are paying for a company, and then they're doing the way they want to do it. Same thing with Japan. It's all like that. It's not really managers. They don't hire a guy to be like, hey, you're in charge of running the company. I'm just going to keep... Taking the press, you know what I mean? The, the world has flipped and changed that way. But one thing, one thing WWE will do, uh, if they don't want you as a wrestler, they'll bring you in as a referee. Yeah, which, which in my opinion is insulting, in my opinion, because <laughs> I've spoken to a lot of independent stars who made it to become a referee first and then became a wrestler. Going to become yeah. a referee when you're in a company like that is just a huge downgrade. It's like the most yeah. disrespectful thing. 
The fact that they do it is is blowing my mind. So speaking yeah. of speaking of WWE, and um, this is basically every company. Where and this is this is probably gonna be the hardest question. This is the one that you have to really think about. Is there a company that you'd like to go to after your independent run? Like like the first company you'd like to go to after your independent run? Oh uh, man, uh, I I would give you three companies. All right, let me hear them. Um, I would love to go to the NWA. And I love that. No one ever thank you because no one ever brings up NWA, and I think the talent there is amazing. So thank you. Well, for yeah. That. Oh yeah, man. You know, because uh, well, you know, being in the South and stuff like that, you know, we kind of base our whole wrestling on the traditional style of wrestling. Like, you know, there is no cool heels. Mm-hmm. Like, there is no cleaners. You're either a good guy or a bad guy. You're mm-hmm. baby face or a heel. You know, we don't do all these. You know, fifty thousand high spots and forty five finishers. We do one finisher, and you may kick out of. Most of the time, you don't. Mm-hmm. You know, we try to keep kayfabe, but you know, with the times we're in, you know, it's kind of hard. I guess, you know, so yeah, NWA, plus, I, you know, I, I love NWA, you know, and I, I love it, you know what I mean? It just gives me that, I finally get the experience, that old school vibe with the new school flavor, you know? Yeah. I mean? all, the, all the veterans talk about NWA and all that, and AWA and stuff like that, and they talk about all those guys and what wrestling used to be like, you know what I mean? So I was like, I just finally get to experience that, you know, so I would love to go to NWA, uh, I would love to go to MLW. Bro, you're reading my mind. Like you're you're literally giving me the ones that like I wish someone would say. NWA, MLW. These are literally the ones that no one heard about. Like I'm interviewing wrestlers and they're like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "Really?" Yeah. You don't know. Someone don't pay attention, man. All right. So so I gotta ask before we get to even the third one, who who who? Give me three guys you want to face in each company. MLW, NWA, because there's such amazing talent. It could be tag team. It could be. Uh, singles and it can even be the women there. <laughs> I must say, man, uh, I kind of been slacking on these products, man, so I kind of forget these guys. Uh, but, uh, so, 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 like, bear with me. Here. I will, I will. Uh, just, just, just think. Okay. <laughs> NWA, I would love to go against Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. Love Stroke Daddy. Uh, <laughs> I would love to go against uh, what's the guy named the Z Man with the fanny pack. Yeah, I know we got the tattoos and the blonde hair. I know, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget his name, but I'd love to go against him. Mm-hmm. And I would love to go against... I would love to go against Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis. He, yeah, he's that's, one that's, of my favorites. You're going after the king. Go after the biggest lion in there. Yeah, All right. I would love to go after him. As far as uh, MLW go, I would love to go against one of the Von Erics. It don't matter which one. Doesn't matter which one. All right. Doesn't matter which one. I would love to get go against one of them. Uh, I would love to go against uh, Snoopy. All right. From the Injustice, him and uh, Jacob Fatu. Fatu. All right. All right. Yeah. Why not Myron Reed? I'm curious. Why not the the the, the, the leader of the Injustice? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can throw him in there too. Throw you know? him in there too. Him. All right. Yeah. You know, it's funny, man. Uh, I actually know a promoter out in Jacksonville, man. Uh, he owns a USWA out there in Jacksonville, Florida. And he was telling me the other day, he was like, man, I think you would fit in with that Injustice group. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I was like, man, I was like uh, if I do a different gimmick, yeah. But with the War King, like, no, it'd be so different. I'm like a loner, you know? It it wouldn't work. I'm going to be honest with you. I I don't know about that one. (laughs) All right, so, you know, you talked about the change when you decided you're going to take up wrestling. You're going to have to, you know, build some muscle. You're going to have to do something. How often do you go to the gym? And how often do you train, you know, since you're doing the wrestling now? Man, um... When I first started lifting, which I didn't know what I was doing, uh, I used to go every day. Right. <laughs> for like two hours <laughs> when I first started. But as, I, as I've as i gained some gym knowledge, I started going like maybe four to five days a week and taking two days off. And then that's what I've been normally doing was, you know, going five days a week, two days off, you know, going for about an hour, hour 30. You know, that's about the longest I go, about hour 30. Except for on leg day. Leg day takes me the longest, so it'll be two hours regardless. All right. <laughs> yeah, leg day takes the longest for me. <laughs> All right, all right. 
give me you know a pre-match ritual what do you do and, and you don't even have to if you don't have one you don't have because i saw i saw the way you looked at i saw the way you looked at that question it, man, it, it all depends, man. But normally, man, pre-match ritual, you know, I'm, I'll get in there and I'll put my gear on and I'll put my little face paint on, you know. I, well, first I would sit there with my gear and without the face paint, think of what design I'm going to use. Oh, that's your pre-match ritual. There you go. Yeah, there you I go. There, I would think of what design I'm going to use. Then I'll apply the design, you know, then I'll pump up, you know, I'll, you know, get my bands and do a little couple arm curls and do a couple push-ups, sit up, so I can look decent at least. Yeah, yeah. Put the body oil on. Depends on how I want to do my wrist tape. Do I want to take my hands too, or do I want to just do my wrist? You know, then I'll take some pre-workout, and I'll just, you know, just start getting all crazy and stuff like that, just to psych myself up. So when I go out there, I got to get hyped so the crowd can get behind me and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's, that's pretty much it, man. You know, then I, and if I'm in a tag match, I try to get my partner hype too. Like, let's go. You ready? You ready? Let's go. You know, yeah. I hear you, yeah. man. I hear you. It's crazy, man. Sometimes. Other times, I just, you know, I just put my face paint on. I still try to get hype and then just go out there and do my thing, you know? Of course, of course. All right. So, you know, you brought up the whole face paint. I want to know more about that. I want to know the reasoning about it. Why do you put on face paint? Was that just something that you always liked? Was it something you, you followed, you know, uh, as a wrestling fan? Is that something that you just always interest you? Like, it been pretty much everything you just stated, man. I've always, like I said earlier, man, I've always been a fan of the face paint. You know, even when I was a kid, man, I used to always get my dad's little war paint, the little green container with, like, four different paints, and I would just throw it on my face when I was a kid. So, like, I was always a fan of the face paint, man. And I, I just felt like, you know, in Diamond Championship Wrestling, I was the only one. Cause I was gonna do a mask, but then they had we had like three to four guys wearing a mask. So I was like, "Well, I can't do that." He's wearing a mask. He's wearing a mask. He's wearing a mask. I can't do that. I'm trying to stand out as much as I can. So I was like, "I'm just gonna do the face paint." I hear and, then, and I got a good look, and everybody was like, "Man, I love that face paint." You know, I love that. I love that. You know, like like one guy, he loves when I do the all black, and then I do the three red stripes over my. He say he loves that that face paint right there. That that style. Mm. That, which, right. that kind of came up on the fly. <laughs> the best ideas always do. <laughs> yeah, the ones that come on the fly. I had the other ones that you see on my page, man. I had my buddy draw me up some designs because I was running out of ideas. Because other than that, I was just going to start taking ideas from elsewhere. But I didn't want people to say, "Oh, you're the Ultimate Warrior. Oh, you're Road Warrior. Oh, so, you're." So, so yeah, you know, some people would do that, and some people would be like, "Oh, he's a fan." Because, like I said, your gimmick yeah. is different. So I don't. I actually would love to see that you take apart, you know, some of those because you're so. They're legends that shows live on. You know, people. They, yeah. The reason why. They're so popular because they want people to keep talking about them. So I don't see any insult. If you ever do that, I'll be like, good for him. Good for him. Yeah. I always thought, I, you know, I actually thought about doing a Hulk one. I can't do the animal because I'm not that artistic. Yeah. You know, that's, that, that's cold, you know. But uh, I thought about doing Hawks with the V and the and the little the little spiral deal. And then I thought about doing Tomatongas, you know, when he does his with the white and the red. Yeah. I was, I'd love part. to see that. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yo, do me a favor. Yo, do me a favor. You're right next to the sun, and it's like really bright. You mind moving just a little? Yeah. Um, let me, let me, hey, let me sit over here. No problem. I just gave right here. Yeah, it's fine here. It's nice. It's good. We, we got to see you. All right. All right. Perfect. 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 All right. So I asked you about your goal. You know, I asked you about your path from 2016 to you know 2020. Now, after the pandemic is over, I'm curious to hear what your goals are. What are you aiming to go next? What can we see? Coming from you next, man. I just I plan on traveling a lot more this year and next year. You know, I plan on I'm actually focusing on getting more bookings because I'm actually kind of tired of just wrestling locally. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So like, I want to go everywhere. You know, I got like I said, I got a buddy in Florida. You know, he owns USWA. He wants me to come out there. I got a guy who's been begging me to come to Louisiana for the longest time. We just can never. You know, get the dates, but we got a date, so we're gonna. I'm gonna start going out there more often, and hopefully, I can make my way to Texas because <laughs> I know a couple friends out there too. So, you know, it's all about network. You know, it's good to have friends on the indie scene. That yeah. Are you know what I mean? Then uh, I met up with this guy. He goes by Stunt Marshall on the Indies. I don't know if you ever heard of him. 
And uh, he, he knows a couple promotions in Georgia because that's where he's based out of. And he may put in a word for me out there too. So you may see me all over the South at least. That's great, man. That's great. All right. All right. So the next question is, you know, the one that, you know, we, that you brought up uh, traveling. How often do you travel? Well, where's the, you know, the place, the hot, like, Pace you've traveled all the the you know what was like your longest travel where did you have to go? Oh man, it's actually a, a tie between because right now I'm in the I'm in Miss I'm in South Mississippi I'm on the Gulf Coast I'm in the city of Ocean Springs. Uh, so for me, since being down here, other than wrestling in Ocean Springs and in Pasigula, a couple towns over, the longest would be. Uh, when I went to uh, Cecilia, Louisiana, it's over there around the Lafayette area. That's about like a good three and a half hours. And then from there going to Delville, Alabama, you know, that's about the same distance. So, like, those two are like my absolute longest rides ever. Because three hours, even though it don't seem like it's long, it's long. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. <laughs> yeah, like, it doesn't seem like it's that long, but it's long. So, I'm like, great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, um, let's talk about more about, you know, tag team. You held tag team gold. That's already been done. What, what's, what's next? What title championship are you looking at? You know, where, because I know right now it's like, also oh, you don't know where you're going to go yet. You got a lot of offers, you got a lot of places, but like, I bet you examined a lot of the places that you're getting offers to. So it's like a little bit of a threat. Who's out there? What division? What, you know, what title are you looking to grab? You know, like what? What's next? I'm hoping to make my name in this junior heavyweight division or cruiserweight division. You know, because I'm not a big guy. I'm a I'm a, I'm a I'm a cruiserweight, so I would love to make my name in that. Mm-hmm. That's actually one of my goals when my career is said and done. I want to be, you know, synonymous with one of the greatest, or as being one of the greatest, you know, junior heavyweights to ever walk this planet. You know, so that's my goal. That's what I'm working towards, you know. So, I mean, if Impact comes looking for me, they sign me, give me that X Division title. <laughs> All right. <laughs> my, man's got a, my man's got a whole list of guys that he's got to beat to get that X Division title. Right now, yeah, we got right, Willie man. Mack holding it. Can you go against yeah. Willie Mack? Oh, I would love to, man. <laughs> he's, um, man, like, that, that guy there next to Keith Lee, like, them two are some, are the most athletic big men I've ever seen. Like, ever. <laughs> <laughs> like they, you got Keith Lee out here doing things that I'm supposed to be doing. Like you don't see that, you know, a 400 pound man doing like backflips and somersaults and plunges over the top rope. You know, you don't see that. Yeah. <laughs> and Hurricanes, you know, it's like what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. I gotta know how did War and Beast form? Because you know we didn't get really we didn't get into that. We talked about tag team, but we never really got into yeah. the form. How did that happen? Man, uh, it was just randomly thrown together, man. Um, my buddy, he's actually a real good friend of mine. I actually brought him into the wrestling business. He uh, started like three weeks after me mm-hmm. and everything, you know. So um, he's going by The Beast, Jarrell The Beast Maxwell. That's his nickname, The Beast. And then since I'm going by War King, we was trying to come up with a name. I was going to go come up with War Beast. But by the time I was going to tell him that submit the name, they already came up with War and Beast. So then that's how that came about. And it was like, well, I guess we'll just stick with that. War and Beast. Got it, got it. And it got over. They cheer for us, you know. <laughs> that's all that matters. That's all that matters. <laughs> all right. So I got to ask because, you know, as a wrestling fan, merch is the biggest thing. You know, merch is what sells the wrestler. What do we got? What's your plan? You know, we where the merch. You got anything man, planned? Um, I... I sold a couple T-shirts, man, because my girl, she has a cricket machine, so she makes the shirts my, uh, herself. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try to get more T-shirts. I got wristbands, you know, wristbands in this color right here. I got uh, little trading cards. Oh, you do? Swing those my way. Swing those my way. I collect them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got little trading cards and everything, man. So, uh, yeah, I got a little bit of merch going. All right, <laughs> you know? all right. Where can, we get, where can we get that merch? Is there like a website or would you DM you? Man, you can DM me, man, because right now, like, I got to get all this stuff set up, man. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, I got to get all this stuff set up, man. And once we get that set up and get more shirts cranking in, you know, I'm going to start, you know, pushing that merch <laughs> for you know. Have you tried to talk to Pro Wrestling Tees? Because I know a lot of wrestlers, a lot of independent people are doing that now. They're 
Uh, I seen something because I know somebody tagged me in it. But you know, once I um, I want to make some shirts first, like not a big batch, like a small batch, to see how they do. Mm-hmm. You know, I may I may what I may end up doing is talking to somebody who actually prints like legit t shirts, mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna go talk to for wrestling tees. Don't tell your girl about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already gonna say it's gonna be an argument. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that between me and you, man. Uh, I'll keep it. All right. <laughs> Too bad I have to fall business. <laughs> you know what's what's the largest crowd you've ever worked in? What's like the, the like all the eyes, most people? What's like the largest crowd? Uh, four hundred people in the uh, National Guard Armory in McGee, Mississippi. Man, one of my buddies. Yeah. He had yeah. It was actually his inaugural show. It was his first show that he ever promoted. Like it's his first, his brand new company. You know, his first show he promoted, and I was the first match. Did you win? <laughs> Tell me you won. Tell me you had to win. Nah, I, I, I was the World King then, so I didn't, I didn't win. Uh, <laughs> but I did, I did put on a performance of a lifetime. Can we watch that good. match? Is there any way we can watch that match? Is it on YouTube? Is it on stream? It should be on YouTube, man. It should be, um, you should be able to type in LB Hughes versus Colt Storm. All yeah, right. it's, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's in the National Guard Armory. It was hot in that building. <laughs> like it was really hot, so like I sweated a lot. <laughs> I know we don't sweat with my matches, but that match right there, like, oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, my god. Well, no, no one can tell. No one can tell if it's body oil or it's sweat. That's the point. You know, only the wrestlers <laughs> could tell. The fans, they, they don't, they can't even tell. <laughs> All right, so we heard, you know, the most amount of people. Let's put the least amount of people. What was like the least amount of people we've ever worked in? Man, I want to say uh, it was like between like five to ten people. Tell me it was a birthday. Was it a birthday party? Was it a birthday party? <laughs> no, it's, it's, this was uh, SCW, my like, oh. beginning promotion, man. Uh, you know, he ran on a Sunday in a bar and stuff like that. And There's only ten people at a bar? Damn, man. Yeah, like, it, was, it was call. crazy, man. The whole, the whole setup was crazy, man. So, like, it was, it was in a bar. The ring was in the center, and then like the locker room and the dressing room area was like where the where like the stage was. So it wasn't big, <laughs> and like you had like maybe nine, ten people, and we all just fit up in that little smaller area, getting ready and stuff. And, yeah, you're the old. you're the only other. I only heard one other wrestler say they wrestled at a bar, and that was uh, TJ Perkins, TJP, back in when he first started wrestling. You're the only other person that I know that wrestled in the bar, which is really interesting. Yeah, man, it's, it's like that, man. Like you just gotta get in, get it in anywhere, man. Like, I wrestled, like I said, wrestled in the bar. I wrestled in a, I wrestled in a community center where the ceiling was like I couldn't get on the top rope. Oh. Yeah, man, mm. I, had to, I, had to, I had to do my aerial stuff on the second row. <laughs> you know, yes. I, I mean, the, the weirdest, the little, uh, the, the, the most outrageous story I've ever heard was some guys got booked for wrestling and it was in a boxing ring. How do you, oh. and, you and you can't do anything. You can't do any top rope. You can't, you know, jump off the ropes in a boxing ring. So I'm like, how? You can really take a bump for it because it's so stiff. Yeah, I'm over here like, how? Like, how's that even? Have you ever dealt that? Have you ever to, ever had to wrestle in the boxing ring? Nope. Alright, good, good <laughs> no, thing. Man, good I was, thing. I was fortunate, man. Oh my god. Alright, now here's the question that I love to ask all the time, and I love to hear the craziest answers. The craziest one I heard so far was a weed festival. That's the craziest one I heard so far. What was the strangest place you've ever wrestled in? And I got some weird answers, man. I got a, I got a church. I got a school where I would hear someone just like a penguin. I got a lot of weird ones. So I'm hoping you got some, some weird. Come on, what was the strangest place you had to wrestle in? Uh, I, unfortunately for me, man, I never experienced that yet, man. I was hoping, you know. I mean, I would love to do a beach show since we, you know, since we live by a beach. I would love to perform at a beach. <laughs> Back to the beach, right? I would love to do something like that, man. Uh, other than like these little community centers and stuff like that and bars and stuff. That's about it for me, man. All right. All right. But, yeah, but you got to know, if I ever asked you a story, if I ever said, hey, what was the just one place that like literally you didn't know where to go? It was just such a weird venue where it was like the weirdest thing. What would you give me? Like, what would you say would be your like, like weirdest uh, experience in wrestling? Uh, the weirdest venue would probably be at, uh, 
a VFW in Alabama. Why? <laughs> I want to know why. It was so weird, man, because, like, it was kind of, like, in the middle of nowhere. It was ducked off. Like, duck, it was, like, really ducked off. I didn't have – I didn't really have any signal out there. <laughs> yeah, didn't have any signal. Then, like, their bathroom didn't have any mirrors. Oh, my God. So, so, like, so my man's doing face paint, but he doesn't even so know. So, while I'm sitting there trying to – well, after the match, I'm sitting there trying to take off my face paint, and I'm trying to see if I got it all <laughs> off, and – they don't have mirrors. I'm like, what type of stuff is this? Oh, my God. That, that's, <laughs> uh, that's some uh, crappy writing over there. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm like, what is this, man? Then the locker room or the dressing area, it was, like, dark there. So, there was, like, yeah, it was really dark. Couldn't see. I had to use my flashlight on my phone. All right. <laughs> All right. So now, I'm going to go to more of the fan base questions. So, now, this, this is where you can actually relax now and just go back uh, back to a better time. Tell me what company you love right now. Like, if you're watching wrestling, because I'm pretty sure right now, since, you know, we can't really be doing anything outside and sending the crowd, we got to go and we got to examine things, got to get some ideas flowing. I know you've been watching a lot of wrestling. What is one company that you think is, like, doing amazing with their work and why? Man, I'm just going to go ahead and give you uh, AEW. AEW. All right, all right. They're doing it differently because I, I say this because like when I watch you know WWE they don't have nobody in attendance. Yeah. At least in AEW they have like a couple of their wrestlers in the attendance. Yeah. You know so that's like that's really different right there. You know like I mean I like the fact that WWE is they're they're forced to do or be more creative now. Yeah, you know, I hear you. I just had this big deal where like I was telling my buddy I was like man. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to watch WrestleMania, man. It just doesn't feel like that. Like I was even talking with uh, Ezekiel Jackson. You remember him? Yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. I saw Ezekiel Jackson at, uh, and it was the weirdest place too. It was a House of Glory show. He was just walking around, like he wasn't signed. He was just just watching the show. And while the whole show is going on, people are like staring at him, and I'm over here like, my man came to a, a wrestling show not to be noticed, apparently. You know, yeah. like. <laughs> yeah, he's wild. He's. He's a cool guy, man. Uh, I talk to him. I try to talk to him as much as I can on Facebook. Try to get you know ask him questions because obviously he's been there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So uh, he he made a deal. You know, like he made a post, and I told him I was like, man, I don't know if I can watch WrestleMania, man. He, he just asked me why. I was like, man, because you know when you think of WrestleMania, it's supposed to be this big attraction, and you think of all the seventy thousand fans, you know. That's supposed to be in attendance. And me just watching this at the PC, no disrespect, you know, just at the PC with no fans. It's kind of like, ugh. So then I opened I my mind up and I actually watched it, man. And, I, and it surprised me. I was like, okay. <laughs> they, they broke a lot of rules, though, by doing that show. You know, there was at least 30 guys in the Adrian Taker match. There was like, a, like, there was like about 30 guys just filming the prop. They, yeah. they did a lot, but they lost a lot of money. I don't know if it was the right move, honestly. I don't know if it was the right move. I would have just postponed so it. They told they told us uh, how many people like watched it. You know, they said it was like twenty million people. Yeah, but they lied. They, they, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be honest with it. You can't really trust them. They just say things right. to make it sound like they're. But I'm like, okay, just imagine if you had at least a hundred thousand people there. I'm just you telling know. you, if you look at it closely, they say they had all that views, but then literally two weeks afterwards, they released the most amount of people they've ever done before, you know what I mean? That should definitely say a lot, you know, about the company. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they really don't uh, Yeah, they really do not do all this stuff, man. I know that's work. <laughs> yeah. All right, so now another fan base question. What is your favorite pay-per-view match? You know, what is that one match where you can actually tear up because of how beautiful it was? Uh, I'm going to go with my favorite match of all time, which would be Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. All right, all right. And I, I can't ask you why because we know why. We yeah, all know I'm why. Say, you know? Everybody, you know, honestly, everybody says uh, 26 was better. But I was like, nah, it was cool, but 25 just had me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it just had me. That's the original. You can't you can't stop the original. That's what I that's yeah, what it is. That, that first match in a while actually. But yeah, that one just had me hooked. Cuz I was like, "Oh, wow. Oh, wow." I mean, also I also did like the WrestleMania match between Undertaker and Batista cuz that was kind of like the first where I remember somebody kicking out of the tombstone since Kane, you know. So <laughs> I was like, "Oh." And I was like getting so mad cuz like my dad was watching it with me and I was like, "Man, Batista's going to win." 
I don't, and I like Batista, but I don't want him to win and stuff like that. My dad was like, relax. Taker's going to win because Taker's going to retire. Like, that was my dad. My dad told me, like, Taker's going to retire. You know, so they're going to let him win. And he going to retire. And, and I was like, well, I don't know if he's going to retire. And look at us now. How do you feel about that whole thing with Taker? Like, let's be honest. He was undefeated in Mania. Then you had this thing with, like, Brock. Then you had this thing with Roman. Then you had this thing with AJ. And it's like, are you done with Taker? Like, as a fan, as a fan, are you, like, done with Taker? Because they're just not ending the As a performer, yes, I am. Um, Because... You know, when, you, when you're when used to watching somebody when you're a kid and you're a teenager and stuff, and you see how they perform, and then when you're a grown man and then you see them come back when they're like, damn, they're 60 and they can't do half the stuff they do. And it's like, no. It's like, man, just let it go, man. Like, I appreciate what you did, but, you know, I don't want to say, like, hey, remember? Like, man, you should have saw him in his prime. Boy. You know what I mean? So, like, I actually thought he was going to retire uh, when Roman beat him. You know, the way... You know, the way he, you know, he put his gear in the ring and stuff like that. And he raised the fist and then he just descended down. You know, I was like, well, that's one way to go out. Yeah. But then, you know, he comes right back. And I'm like, oh, my God, Vince, leave this man alone. (laughs) I don't know, man. I I mean, I feel the same way you do, but it's like, even with Roman, I feel like it should have been someone else. You know, Cena, AJ. You know, Roman, Roman was being hate. Like, I didn't hate Roman at the time, but Roman was being hated at the time. Like, that was, like, the last yeah. person to put and out. I think that would have been the perfect time to turn him heel. All right, I got to ask some more fan-based questions. What is one wrestler that's being overlooked at all? Like, completely being overlooked? Man, that's a tough one, man. <laughs> I have to, you know, go through the roster and, and just, you know, watch, man. Um. I can't really think of anybody off the top of my head, man. I mean, yeah, I can't really think of anybody off the top of my head. I mean, I would say, damn, I really, damn. I mean, Velveteen Dream, he really ain't overlooked, but I think it's time for him to, you know, at least get a NXT title run or something like that, you know? Who do you, who do you think? Dolph Ziggler. For me, for me, for me, it's Dolph Ziggler. And it's like, yeah, I, I'll tell you why. We've seen multiple times this guy can hit five star matches. His match with the Miz at No Mercy. Did you remember watching that? Where it's like from, uh, from uh, what year? This was it. This past year? No, no, no. It was like it was way back. It was a part where it was like Miz was Intercontinental Champion. Dolph put up his career for that. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He did the whole Eddie Guerrero thing by fighting with one with one shoe. His shoe like fell off. Like it was, you know. It's the point where it's like, I get money, and I don't really know the wrestling business at all. I don't know how much your soul is worth in wrestling. But it's the point where it's like, Dolph Ziggler was one of the most talented wrestlers. And I think to this day, he's still talented. But the way they're, they'll never give him a heavyweight title. They'll never do it. Especially with what's happening now with Drew McIntyre. What's happening now with all these guys. It, it just came to my mind. All right, let's hear it. Now that you was talking about that, it just it came to my mind. Cesaro. Okay, 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 yeah, yeah, everyone, Cesaro. everyone always talks about Cesaro, uh, everyone. Rusev, he was another one. Rusev's out, Rusev got out completely. Yeah, I, yeah, I know he got released, but, you know, like, he could have had a run with the WWE title, not a long run, but he could have had, you know, a four-month or a five-month, six-month reign, you know? Like, the dude got over, like, the best time to put that title on him was during the Rusev Day thing. Like, he was so over I guess they didn't see that. I guess they just didn't notice that, you know, which was terrible on, on their end, you know. Man, they they do that with a lot of people, you know. Like Vince McMahon was in an interview uh, with Stone Cold saying that, you know, Cesaro doesn't connect with the audience. But I'm like, this dude is over. Like fans, like they they go crazy with him. I mean, I guess you know he can't cut really good promos. I guess that's one reason, but. Don't sit here and say the man don't connect with the audience. He has this whole Cesaro section. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, well, there's, there's, there's so many issues when it comes to that. You know, like, all right. Like, uh, Bobby Roode, another one. There's so many. Look, 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 there's just so many. Like, we could be playing this. We could be naming. All right, next question. What is one wrestler that is doing amazing work? What is one wrestler that you're like, this guy will be a legend by next year? I don't know about my next year, but if he keeps going, man. 
them. I say, man, uh, right now, uh, I'm giving that to Keith Lee in NXT, man. Keith Lee, all right, all right. Yeah. He's, already, he's already champion. He already did that. He's already holding the title. Fire. He's on fire, man. Like, ever since he's been in NXT, that man's been on fire. Like, he even got a reaction out of Brock, and Brock put him over. He was like, oh, holy moly, this is a big dude. Like, who is this? Who is this guy? He's a big boy. You saw the Rumble? <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah, that was a pretty good Rumble. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm, finally, I'm finally glad. Hold on. Before we go on, I just no want to make the statement. I'm finally glad they gave Drew McIntyre an opportunity. Bro, if they put the music broken, like, like if they put the broken dreams music, I would have been, I would have been even. I that's what done. everybody, that's what everybody was saying, man. You know, oh. I was like, yeah, nigga, they need to go back to his old thing. Bro, he would have been, he would have been some level. And again, you know, Dolph Ziggler got him there. I'm just pointing it out. Dolph Ziggler got him to where he is now. You know, being the whole manager, bringing him to Raw, you know, doing all that. Ziggler's just doing too much at that point. All right, you know, we're down to the final two questions. So these are the ones where I need you to really think about it. Where do you want to end your career at? You're talking about AEW. You're talking about WWE. What is... And, and it doesn't have to be, it could be New Japan too. I could see War King headlining the Japan Dome. Where, where do you see yourself ending your career? I ain't really thought that far ahead, man. But, uh, I mean, obviously, I would love to. Now, nah, I see, I would say WWE, man, but they'll probably have me do some kind of weird stuff. At least you know. <laughs> At least you know. You know, I don't so, don't get so, that yet. So, so, I'm hoping by the time uh, I get to AEW, hopefully it's a big, bigger deal. Mm-hmm. And I would love to end my career there. All right. All right. And, yeah. you know, the final question is the one that I've been waiting for the whole time. What do you got coming up? Any merch? Any tribute? What's next, Russell? You're going to... Because I love the whole fan thing. I think it's right. awesome. I hope you follow more of, you know, copying, you know, fan gear and doing that. Because that's what gets the crowd the crowd actually loving. That, Like, let's say you're a face. That's the only way crowds will love you. By you bringing okay. out fan gear, you know, boom. Immediately the crowds can be like, oh, I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah. So what do we yeah. got? What's the plan? Uh, as far as some gear is concerned, man, uh, since this pandemic's been going on, uh, I was in the middle of getting some gear like the Ascension. Mm-hmm. You know, with the little... Uh, yeah, a little padding and that little... Yeah, with the little flap thing or whatever. Mm-hmm. So so the idea, I guess, is going to be like black with some with some camo. And I think the hatch is going to be camo as well. So I got that coming up. But, you know, with this pandemic, it kind of got it on pause. Are you going to do the Ascension face paint too? Like, like with the, the design-wise, like one side of the face or like the mouth? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, I ain't really thought that far. I may, I may you know... I may spice it up, you know, I may take a little bit and spice it up and, you know, or have my buddy draw me up another design specifically for that, you mm-hmm. know. I yeah. Yeah, other than that, man, I'm just looking forward once this stuff, you know, once they, once the country get to where they can control it and everybody, you know, go back to normal, you know, I just focus on getting myself out there more. Trying right. to get more business now, you know. All right, all right. Well, you know, this is awesome. Tell people where they can find you, where can uh, fans... You know, message you, watch your stuff. What are your socials? Um, I say, fans, you can find me on Facebook at L.B.Space Hughes. L.B. Hughes on Facebook. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at War, was it War King underscore Nine Deuce or something like that. I forget my own Instagram. I can check. I can check. Let me. That's let me. a shame. <laughs> I don't want to say That's it's War shame. underscore King Nine Deuce. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I might say yeah. So War underscore King Nine Deuce. You got to spell the Deuce out. You know, the nine, the number nine, and then the word Deuce. Uh, It'll I be in our bio. It. It'll be in our bio at the end. end. <laughs> yeah. Then I just. Then I just. Got Twitch, so I can start streaming my video games because I do play. All right, what kind of games you play? We're changing the. What kind of games you play? Man, I uh, I play WWE 2K20, which I wish they could have waited. I they could have waited on that. Xbox game. or PlayStation? Uh, PS4. PlayStation. All right. Yeah, PlayStation, man. Uh, I actually just came on PlayStation, man. I've been on it for a few months now. Uh, I play Red Dead 2. I play that online now, so you know, find me on Twitch. <laughs> You can find me on Twitch at War King underscore nineteen ninety two. No, oh, you remember that King one? Nineteen ninety two. Yeah, yeah. I'm I know. I know it's it, it's like the same, you know. So I kind of get them mixed up. I hear you. Can I find hear me you. on Twitch, but yeah, you can find me on Instagram. And then my Twitch profile or my Twitch website is actually on my in my bio on my Instagram. 
All right. I don't have a YouTube channel yet, man. I'm working on getting all that. I got to get a laptop and stuff and so I can upload my matches through there. Other than that, man, you just find me on Facebook at LB Hughes. All right, all right. Is there anything you want to say to the fans before we cut it? Uh, we're going to look at, we're going to look out for you. I must say, I love y'all, man. I appreciate all my fans or even new fans. That's fans that are watching me now. I do appreciate it. I do appreciate you for giving me this platform to speak on my wrestling Of course, career. man. Of course. You know what I mean? So I'm glad you're a fan. You know, uh, I hope you continue to stay a fan. We'll see. You know what I mean, man? And hopefully you see me in bigger places. You'll be like, man, I, I knew it. I'm going to be the one guy in the crowd that's like, I said he was going to be there. Yeah, where and where are you located at, man? Um, Brooklyn, New York. So MSG. Oh, York. That if you ever make it to MSG, you know I'll definitely be there for you. Yeah, we can, uh, you know, even in Brooklyn, man. House of That's Glory Wrestling. Center, you know? Sign up. It's in Queens. Go for yeah. it. Amazing Reds. Uh, an amazing trainer. You know they got some high good talent in there. Hey, is uh is House of Glory in New York? It is. It's in Queens. In Queens. And that's Amazing Red, right? Amazing Red, yeah. Yeah, that's where, uh, what's the name? Uh, um, Private Party. That's where Private Party, yeah, Private Party yeah, was that's there. Where yeah. They came from. yeah, yeah, I think Master P had bought that. He did, so. he did die recently. <laughs> you know the information. Come come yeah. through, we'll, we'll be happy to have you. Yeah, man. All right, man, all right. Thank you, everyone, for watching the ARWP podcast. We'll see you guys next time. Follow us, like, comment, subscribe. Wow, what an awesome episode. Thank you everyone who sticked around and watched it. If you want to support me in any way, please, all my information is in the bio below. Follow me on all accounts, uh, Twitter, Instagram, all on there. If you want to support the podcast anyway, please like, comment, subscribe. I'll see you guys next time. Thank you for being awesome.